الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اجتنبوا كثيرا من الظن صدق الله مولانا العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما يروي عن ربه تبارك وتعالى أنا عند ظني عبدي بي أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته The human mind can be described as a garden and our thoughts that we experience can be viewed as the seeds and in the garden the seeds that you plant can either turn out to be flowers or to be weeds. The reality is that as humans, from a young age, we develop what is termed as an internal dialogue. The voice that we hear at the back of our mind. From the most mundane things when you wake up in the morning. Uh, what will I wear today? Do I need a jacket? Uh, what will I have for breakfast? Uh, to the more... Uh, serious issues that we're having is that will the issue of load shedding ever be solved? <laughs> is this going to be part of our lives no matter where we are? We're having this discussion in our mind all the time. Internal, private, nobody knows. Sometimes it manifests on your face. Sometimes people don't know. Someone will see you and say, you seem to be lost in your thoughts. And scientific research shows that the average human has 6,200 thoughts every day. That's about 258 every hour, three to four every minute. And 95% of this takes place on a subconscious level. The problem with us as humans is that we tend to have a negative bias. We tend to filter the information, we interpret the world, we look at things in a negative way. And if we don't check ourselves, we will develop a negative mindset. We will start viewing our entire existence in a very negative way. And this will have a devastating impact on the quality of our existence and our relationship with our Almighty. Because then we become ungrateful servants to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In an amazing hadith, which is a hadith Qudsi, in which Allah Rabbul Izzah says, Ana in dhanni abdi bi. I am as my servant has expectations from me. And I'm with him when he remembers me. If he remembers me privately, I remember him privately. And if he remembers me in a group, I remember him in a group that is better than his group. And if he comes to me in Atani, if he comes to me one hand span, I come to him one arm's length. And if he comes to me one arm's length, and I come to him running. This is our Allah. And he is telling us that we ought to have good thoughts of our Allah. We ought to think well of Allah Rabbul Izzah. I treat my servants 
according to his expectations from me. I treat him well if he thinks of me well. In a hadith it is stated, If he has bad thoughts about me, then that is what he'll get. If he has good thoughts about me, then that is what he will get. So the choice is yours. What sort of thoughts will you entertain with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because when you change your thoughts, when you change the way you view the world, you change the world for yourself. And there's a proverb which states that watch your thoughts because they become your words. Watch your words because they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habit. Watch your habits, they become your destiny. And that is why it is so important for us to take a step back and to just analyze the quality of our own thoughts. What is it that we think about all the time? And what is our private internal relationship with Almighty Allah? What sort of thoughts do we harbor? Or what sort of thoughts we entertain? Or how do we think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That is of utmost importance for us. And on a great occasion like this evening, this is the ideal time for us to reflect on that. In a hadith in Darakutni, it is stated that Akbarul Kabair, amongst the greatest of sins, amongst the greatest of sin is having negative thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we talk of negative thoughts with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what are we talking about? We are talking about attributing something to Allah that is inappropriate. Speaking about Allah in a manner that does not behove His majesty and His grandeur. We're talking about Losing hope in Allah, becoming despondent in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, questioning the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are negative thoughts that we entertain, and that is Billah. And it is considered to be Akbarul Kabair amongst the greatest of sins. That we do not have the right attitude with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One day, shaitan came to Sayyidina Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. And he said to Sayyidina Isa, Thou Isa, you know well that nothing can occur except maqataballahu lak, which Allah has decreed for you. Is that not the case? And Sayyidina Isa said, yes, definitely that is the case. So shaitan tells Sayyidina Isa that if that is the case, then I suggest to you that why don't you go to this high mountain and jump down the mountain. And if it is decreed that you will get hurt, then you'll get hurt. And if it is decreed that you will remain safe and sound, then nothing will happen to you. With this, Sayyidina Isa والسلام, responds to Shaitan and says, Ya Mal'oon, O the accursed one, Allah tests His servants. It is not for us to test Allah. It is not for us to test Allah. If we want to test Allah and we want to question His taqdeer, then that is su'udhanni billah. 
having negative thoughts with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we need to at all times view the relationship with Allah in a positive way. And how do we do that? In our time this evening, I'd like to share with you five points in this regard. Five instances in our life when we need to have positive thoughts with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first instance when we need to have positive thoughts is at the instance when we do any good deed. Inna Allah la yudhiyu ajral muhsineen. Inna Allah la yudhiyu ajra man ahsana amala. Wa ma taf'alu min khayrin falayakfuru. No deed is insignificant. No deed is too small. No deed is such that, you know, it will just fall by the wayside. That it will go unnoticed. Allah Rabbul Izzah appreciates every aspect, every deed that one renders for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we need to understand that, that Allah Rabbul Izzah appreciates every action. And that should be a motivation for us when doing a deed, when carrying out an act of worship, when carrying out an amal and ibadah, then we need to have that motivation. Because remember, there are different types of actions. The actions of the limbs and the actions of the heart. And in our heart, we need to have that conviction that the action that I'm doing is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah will reward me for this. Uh, there was a tabi'i by the name of Sayyid ibn Musayyab rahimahumullah. And he went with some companions to visit another tabi'i, Abu Abdul Rahman. And when he came into the company of Abu Abdul Rahman, who was sick at that time, he was uh, at an advanced age. And one of the companions who was in the delegation of Sayyid ibn Musayyab started saying some comforting words to Abu Abdul Rahman. Trying to give him some hope and courage. So he then spoke, Abu Abdul Rahman said, that are you trying to give me hope? I don't need you to give me hope because I have fasted for Allah 80 Ramadans. So what he was saying that I'm optimistic that my deeds that I've done for Allah's sake, I'm optimistic that Allah Rabbul Izza will reward me for those deeds. And therefore I'm positive at this time that Allah Rabbul Izza has recorded the reward for those actions for me. And that is the positivity that we need. That is how we need to view our actions. When we look at the various ahadith that are with regards to the virtue of the month of Ramadan, man sama Ramadan imanan wahtisaban. Whoever fasts the month of Ramadan with iman and hoping for reward. Man qama Ramadan imanan wahtisaban. Whoever performs the tarawih salah, tahajjud salah in the month of Ramadan, imanan, with iman, with faith, and ihtisaban, hoping for reward in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِن All the past sins will be forgiven. So when we look at the words here, what is the encouragement? Imanan wahtisaban, hoping for reward. And there should be the degree of optimism. There should be the degree of motivation. Hassan Basri rahimahumullah said that, إِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ أَحْسَنَ الظَّنَّ بِاللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فَأَحْسَنَ الْعَمَلِ A mu'min 
has good thoughts about Allah and therefore he beautifies his action. His thoughts about Allah, thinking well of Allah, becomes a means of him doing his action in a beautiful manner. It becomes a motivation. And a wretched person, an irreligious person has bad thoughts of Allah and therefore he does his action in a haphazard, in an inattentive, unfocused, uh, you know, negligent way. On one occasion, Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab anhu was in the masjid. And some Bedouin came rushing in the masjid and he made two rakats of salah and he made it so quickly at uh, lightning speed, zero to hundred in two seconds. And he completed the salah. And then he made a dua and he said, Ya Allah, grant me Jannah to Firdaus and get me married to the damsels of Jannah. And Sayyidina Umar was there, said, whoa, whoa, wait, ho- wait, hold a minute, hold it, wait a minute. You gave a, you, a payment that was less than adequate and you're asking for the best. So our actions, when we have good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that motivates us to do our actions in a good way. And we should be very, very vast in what we do in terms of the good deeds. There are so many avenues of goodness that we shouldn't limit it. And we shouldn't think of anything that would go unnoticed. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith that when you spend on your family, ihtisaban, it is a means of reward. To avert some harm from a person is also a sadaqah. If there's any harmful object in a pathway and you uh, become a means of preventing someone else from any harm reaching them, that is also a form of sadaqah. There was this one person who lived on the coast and he would take a walk on the coast every morning. So one day while he was walking on the coastline, in the distance he's seen a young boy in a crouched position on the side of the shore, shore, uh, you know, picking up something, scooping it up and then throwing it back in. And the older man, when he came close by, he asked the young man, what are you doing? So he said that, uh, you know, there's these starfish that have washed up on the shore and I'm throwing it back in, trying to save its life because if it lays here on the shore, it's going to dry out and it's going to die. So the older man says to him that, you know what, young man, where you're sitting and for the next meters, you can see there's about a hundred of them. And if you go around the corner, this coastline, I've been walking here for years, there's another thousand. If you go further, there's several thousand of these. You throwing this one one back, what difference is going to make the thousands that are dying? So the young man says to the old man, for the one that I'm throwing back, I'm making a difference for that one. That one is surviving. I may not save everyone, but the one that gets back into the water, I'm saving that one. And that should be our attitude, you know, that we cannot change the world, but we can make small changes around us, where we can benefit someone in a small way, where we can assist someone or do a good deed in such a way that nobody knows about it. And in that way, you are changing, making this world a better place. Change your thoughts and you change the world. So when we're doing any good deed, that is the first instance where we should have positive thoughts, be optimistic that what I'm doing, I'm doing it for my Allah and He will reward me handsomely. 
He will reward me abundantly. The second instance when we ought to have good thoughts of Allah is at the instance when we are making dua. In a hadith, the Messenger said, Make dua in such a way that you are convinced that your dua will be accepted. Allah does not accept from an inattentive, unfocused heart where we've limited dua to the Allahumma anta salam that we read. And the Imam says, Birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin, and then we leave. And even while he was making the dua, our mind was wondering already, well, what are we going to do later? What snacks are we going to have? Uh, you know, what, what, how are we going to plan the evening? What we need to do tomorrow? And we didn't even hear the dua, but we just went robotically through the motion. Allah does not accept the dua. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said that when you make dua, falyazim fit dua. Be focused and be determined. And be convinced that your dua will be accepted when you're making dua. And on a night like this, such a great night, where it is in the hadith that Inna Allah tabarak wa taala yanzilu ila samaid dunya, Allah puts His special focus on the skies of this world, and He calls out, "Hal min mustaghfirin faaghfiralah, hal min." Mustarzikin fa astarzikuhu. Hal min mubtalin fa uafihi. Hal min kada, hal min kada. From the early part of the night, the announcement is made out. Is there anyone asking for forgiveness so I may forgive him? Is there anyone asking for sustenance so I may grant him sustenance? Is there anyone in any difficulty so I may alleviate his difficulty? Is there anyone asking for this? Is there anyone asking for that? Whatever it is that he's asking for, I am granting it to that person. That we make dua in such a way that we are convinced, that we are confident that our dua will be accepted. Malik bin Dinar rahimahumullah, it is said with him that he was traveling the ocean and a storm suddenly brewed and it started raining very heavily and as a result, the waves really lifted up and there were huge waves, each like a mountain on its own. And at that time, he made a dua. In the midst of the storm, he lifted his hands and he said, Allahumma qad araytana Qudratak fa'arina rahmatak. Oh Allah, you've showed us your power. Now show us your mercy. And he says, فَسَكَتَ الْبَحْرِ وَنَجَوْ بِحَمْدِ And the ocean became peaceful and tranquil, serene. The weather pattern changed immediately and they reached their destination. Such conviction, such confidence in the dua. It is mentioned with regards to Abu Uthman al-Hirri, who was living in Khurasan. Some people came to him and complained that in their village, there's a tyrant king and ruler that is ruling over them. It's causing great problems for them. So he said, okay, we'll deal with the matter. He told them that, okay, what you should do now is give some charity. 
And then he went to the masjid and he started his ibadah. And he continued with his ibadah and he said, we will not make the fajr salah until Allah has granted us relief in this regard. And the entire night passed by. The crack of dawn was experienced. The fajr azan was called out. And he continued exerting himself in ibadah, in dua, in tilawa, in dhikr. And it was just before the iqama of the fajr salah was being called out. Uh, and the salah was to be started. that the message came that the tyrant ruler has died this evening of an ailment linked to his stomach. So he said that we will not perform the fajr until we are granted relief from this tyrannical ruler. And that was really the case. That was the level of confidence that he had. But what is our reality? The poet says, نَحْنُ نَدْعُ الْإِلَاهَ in the karbin, ثُمَّ نَنْسَاهُ in the كَشْفِ الْكُرُوبِ كَيْفَ نَرْجُوا إِجَابَةً لِدُعَاءٍ قَدْ سَدَدْنَا تَرِيقَهُ بِالذُّنُوبِ We only call to Allah when we're in difficulty. And when we want our difficulty to be alleviated. But the problem is that, كَيْفَ نَرْجُوا إِجَابَةً How can we hope for acceptance of our dua? When we're blocking the road to the acceptance of our dua with our sins. Our sins have become a means of blocking that road for the acceptance of the dua. And that is why it is for us to make dua in that particular state where we are making tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should turn to Allah. What is dua? Dua is really the call of the heart. To that Allah, who is As-Sami, who listens to the whispers in the heart. Where you are speaking to Him privately, where are you communicating with Him? Where your focus is entirely on Him alone, and you are talking to Him, and He is attentive to you. The poet says that, Salilladhi abwabahu maftuh, that ask that being whose doors are always open, and do not ask of mankind. Allahu yaghdab in taraktahu su'alahu wa bunay adam hayna yus'al yughdab that Allah becomes angry when you stop asking him whereas man is such that if he helps you once he'll help you a second time he'll help you a third time and he'll say now you know what you're pushing the limits you're pushing your luck here now how much you want me to help you I can't it's beyond my capacity but Allah is such that the more you ask of Allah, the more Allah will grant. And the closer you get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, we need to ask Allah with conviction. And that is the second instance when you need to have billah, positive thoughts with Allah. So the first instance, when you do a good deed, however big or small it is. The second is when you're making dua. The third instance, when we need to have good thoughts of Allah, it is at the time of difficulty. When things are not going our way. When challenges have come. That is when our iman is tested. Therefore, constraints in resources. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sometimes a person becomes so constrained in his resources. In his, uh, uh, you know, the wealth that he has at his disposal. That is so tight. That at times it's, he gets such thoughts that it may even lead him to kufr. And we are told in the hadith that أَفْضَلُ عِبَادَةِ أُمَّتِي 
the greatest ibadah of my ummah is intidharul faraj to wait for that relief from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever the difficulty you know we tend to say when it rains it pours why me again Allama ibn Qayyim rahimahumullah he said that uh, most of mankind most people yadhunnuna billahi dhanna saw they have bad thoughts about Allah because we as humans we have this hidden misunderstanding of entitlement that we deserve more that we should get more because we deserve it mana'ani rabbi dhalamani rabbi allama ibn qayyim says man may not say it on his tongue but through his actions and his own thoughts he is saying indirectly that i'm being oppressed i'm being deprived i should be given more why does that person have such a comfortable life so it appears from outside why does others seem to be go- everything going well for them why is it my lot is such a uh, a miserable lot in life that is what we think and we are tested at the time of difficulty and those are the times when we need to be optimistic when we need to be positive when we need to remain hopeful that Allah's help will come and the help will be sooner than later and even in those moments when you are waiting for the help of Allah when you are hoping for the relief from Allah to remain and entertain good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even at that time the poet says ya sahib al-hammi inna al-hamma munfarijun abshir bi khairin fa inna al-farij allahu Oh, you who is grieving. Oh, you who is struck by difficulty, calamity. Ya sahib al-hammi. And every one of us, we know what is our circumstances. Sometimes people look at others and say, that person has it easy. Walk a mile in his shoes and you know what is his challenges. Ya sahib al-hammi. Oh, you with your challenges. Inna al-hamma munfarijun. That's your difficulty, your challenge. The circumstances you are experiencing, munfarijun, it will be relieved. Why? Inna al-farij Allah, the one who removes all difficulties, Allah. The one who removes all calamities, who will bring better circumstances, is Allah. Allah Rabbul Izzah says, Inna ma'al usri yusran, inna ma'al usri yusra. With every difficulty, there will be double-fold ease. Within the difficulty, you will find the ease. Not even after, but within the difficulty. If you look and if you search, you will find it. It takes a heart, it takes a mind. It takes some degree of courage. It takes a grateful heart to find what is the, diffic- what is the benefit that I'm attaining within this challenge. And so many times you'll be able to find it. Fudail bin Ayaz, rahimahumullah, he said that one day he was walking to the masjid. And while he was walking to the masjid, he passed by a home where a normal daily episode would occur in a home. A mother was upset with a small boy. So she was shouting him and she was beating him and he eventually ran out of the home to get away from his mother. And she was so angry with him that she slammed the door closed and she locked him out. Fudail bin Ayaz says he continued to the masjid, he performed the salah. And when he came back, he found that the small boy was laying outside the door of the home. 
laying down. He cried himself to sleep. And eventually he just laid down there. And Fuzail bin Ayaz looked at this. And he burst out crying. And he said that if only we can learn a lesson from this boy. If only we can learn a lesson from this boy. That we can wait in a similar manner for Allah to bring relief for us. The boy knows that sooner or later his mother will feel pity. If it's not now, in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, we'll open the door and call him in and give him a hug. Similarly, our circumstances, the difficulty we experience, we think that Allah has abandoned us. Why me? Why do I have to experience this? When it rains, it pours. It's just one thing after the other. Yet at that time, to remain optimistic that my Allah has a plan for me. He knows why I have to go through this. And his relief will come sooner or later. And at that time, and to continue waiting optimistically for the relief of Allah. So at difficult times, to have husnul dhanni billah, to be optimistic that Allah, Rabbul Izzah, will bring that relief. That is the third instance when we need to have good thoughts of Allah. When doing a good deed, when making dua, and when waiting for the difficulty to be alleviated. The fourth instance, when we need to have good thoughts of Allah, and that is at the time of making tawbah. Allah Rabbul Izzah addresses us in the verse of the Noble Quran, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا Allah is addressing us. O oh my servants who have wronged themselves, لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Allah forgives all sins. Allah is the most forgiving and the most merciful. On this night, Laylatul Bara'a, it has a special connection with the forgiveness of Allah. In a hadith it is stated, On this night, Allah frees thousands and thousands of souls from the fire of Jahannam as a result of the tawbah being accepted. As a result of the tawbah being accepted on this night, Allah forgives. And there are many of the great pious Awliya who had made tawbah on this night. And therefore, we need to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Rabbul Izzah says, Yabna Adam, O oh son of Adam, Ma da'awtani, warajawtani, ghafartu laka, wala ubali. O oh son of Adam, as long as you call out to me and have hope in me, ghafartu laka, I will forgive you. And your sins mean nothing to me. Yabna Adam, O son of Adam, Law balagat dhunubuka anana sama. If your sins had to reach to the skies, ghafartu laka wala ubali. It means nothing for me to forgive you and to wipe out all those sins. Yabna Adam, Law ataitani bi qurabil ardi khataya. If you come to me, O son of Adam, with this entire world filled with sins. O son of Adam, and you ask forgiveness from me, I will forgive you and change all those sins into good deeds.
This is the forgiveness of Allah. That we should desire on this night. When Iblis, Shaitan, was exiled from Jannah, and he said to Allah, challenging Allah, بِعِزَّتِكَ وَجَلَالِكَ لَا أَزَالُ أَغْوِيهِمْ مَا دَامَتِ الْأَرْوَاحُ فِي أَجْسَادِهِمْ He said to Allah that by the oath of your honor and your majesty, I will continue to deviate man as long as there is life in their body. And Allah said, وَعِزَّتِي وَجَلَالِي By the oath of my grandeur and majesty, I will continue for, to forgive them as long as they ask me for forgiveness. As long as they ask me for forgiveness. Allama Jalaluddin Rumi rahimahumullah has mentioned a fascinating incident in his Mithrawi. And this is an incident of a musician who was known as Pir Changi. He was an instrument player. He would play the instrument, the harper. And he lived in the time of Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhum. So he was an expert musician. He would enchant people, he would enthrall them. He had them riveted. There was music festivals specially for him because people appreciated his music so much. And with that obviously came the fame, it came the honor, the dignity, the gifts. People would shower him with gifts and gives him lots of wealth. They would be desirous of his company. They would travel kilometers to listen to his music. They would lord the praises on him and they were prepared to listen for hours on end to his music. And he enjoyed this. And he was, you know, in the midst of all of this, uh, he continued to uh, be the limelight of everyone. And this became the focus of his life. He continued making music. He continued being, uh, you know, entertaining people and being the center of focus. And this continued for many years. Eventually, at the age of 70, he wakes up one morning and he starts to sing and nothing happens. Sounds like a broken tractor. And he realizes that it's gone. The magic is over. Nothing is coming out. So he still goes to some of the gatherings, but he can't perform anymore. And immediately people's attention is off him. He no more has that charm. They're no longer interested in him. They're no longer calling him. They're no longer showering him with gifts. He now feels dejected. He's missing the limelight. He's missing the fame. He's missing the money that he was receiving. He's feeling down and out, totally depressed and dejected. Eventually, in this dejected state, in this totally despondent state, he undertakes a journey to Madinatul Munawwara. And after entering into Madinatul Munawwara, he goes to Jannatul Baqi, Baqiya Gharqad. He goes into the Qabristan and he still has his musical instrument with him. And he goes into one of the Qabrs that are still, is still open there. And he lays down with his musical instrument on his chest. And that moment, he makes tawbah in his heart. And he speaks to Allah and he says, Ya Allah, 
when everyone was listening to me, when everyone is interested in me, they paid so much attention to me. Now my voice is gone. They're not interested in me. But Ya Allah, you are still there listening to my voice. Ya Allah, you are still there listening to my voice. And I am making tawbah to you at this point. And he said that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu saw a dream. And in the dream, there's an instruction to Sayyidina Umar that go to the Baytul Mal, take some wealth and go to my servant and announce to him that his tawbah has been accepted and present this gift to him. Sayyidina Umar immediately wakes up and goes to the Qabristan. When he comes to the Qabristan and he looks around and he finds this old man lying in the cupboard with his musical instrument on his chest. When the old man sees Sayyidina Umar, immediately he starts shaking, thinking that, I'm in for it now. I'm going to get a good hiding from the Amir al-Mu'mineen. I'm laying here and I have this musical instrument. But what does the Amir al-Mu'mineen tell him? That glad tidings to you. Your tawbah has been accepted from Allah. When you were turning to everyone and calling out to everyone and oblivious to Allah, Allah still heard your voice at that time. And now, when everyone doesn't want to listen to you, Allah continues to hear your voice at this time. This is our Allah. That we need to turn to. That we need to ask for forgiveness. Who is ever ready to forgive us? No matter what the sin is that we have committed. We need to ask Allah. And the perfect occasion is the night of para'ah. Where we cleanse ourselves as we anticipate and we build up to the month of Ramadan. So the fourth instance where we need to have good thoughts of Allah is at the time when making tawbah for our sins. The fifth and final instance when we need to have good thoughts of Allah. In a hadith, Nabi said, لَا يَمُوتَنَّ أَحَدُكُمْ إِلَّا وَهُوَ يُحْسِنُ ظَنَّ بِاللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ That none of you should leave this world except with positive thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think well of Allah. Sayyidina Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu says that we went with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with a delegation to meet a person. And when we came by him, he was in his last moments, was very ill. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him that, how are you? And he says, I hope for the mercy of my Allah and I fear my sins. And Nabi Sallallahu said, At this moment, if you have these two qualities, Allah will grant you security with what you, what you fear and Allah will grant you that which you hope for. And those are the positive thoughts that we ought to have at the time of our death and at every moment because we do not know when death will strike us. Sayyidina Ubadah bin Samit radiallahu anhu narrates an incident that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that on the day of Qiyamah, which is a long day, a day that will spread over thousands of years, or the length of it will be so long, on that day, it is said that after the judgment had been completed of the entire creation, there will be two people that will be left on the plains of Qiyamah. And then the judgment will be given that these two people need to be taken to Jahannam. And they will then be driven towards Jahannam by the angels. And it is said that as they are being taken away, 
from Almighty Allah and uh, on the plains of Qiyamah, have they been taken away? The one will then, as he being led away towards Jahannam, will turn around. Faltafata. He turns around. And Allah Rabbul Izza will call him back. And Allah Rabbul Izza will ask him, Lima iltafatta? Why did you turn around? And that servant will say that, Ya Allah, I turned around because I was still hopeful that you would forgive me. And Allah Rabbul Izza will say, on account of that hope that you had of my forgiveness, now I'm forgiving you. Go into Jannah. And it is said that he will say, that announce to the people, that Allah has entered me into such a Jannah, that if I have to feed all the people of Jannah, it will not diminish my Jannah one bit. That is the vast expanse of the Jannah. Malik bin Dinar, rahimahullah, passed away. And someone saw him in a dream and asked him, how was your reckoning? What has happened to you? And he said that, Qadamtu, I came with lots of sins. But my good thoughts, husn dhanni billah, wiped out all my sins and Allah treated me well. As a result of those good thoughts that I had with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for us as believers, we need to entertain good thoughts of Allah. And this is a great form of worship. Because when we look at it, our acts of worship is either we carry it out with our limbs. And that has a limit to it. There's a start point and an end point. Salah has a start point and an end point. You may make wudu at home, you may come early to the masjid, you may stay here for a long period, but there's eventually a point where you've got to go out of the masjid and the process of your salah terminates. That action has come to an end. Fasting has a start point and an end point. That you fast from the break of dawn till sunset. You go for hajj when you leave home and you return to home. So there's a start point and an end point. But when we look at the ibadat, the acts of worship of the heart, these are far greater. Inna Allah la yandru ila suwarikum wa ila ajisabikum wa la ki yandru ila qulubikum. Allah Rabbul Izzah looks at the heart and what is in the heart. And that is the place of the worship of the heart. And one of those great acts of worship of the heart is having good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In a hadith narrated by Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, Inna husni dhanni billahi azza wa jal min husni ibadatillah. It is amongst the great acts of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to entertain good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And while we talk about having good thoughts of Allah, we also need to be reminded that it is also a great act of worship to have good thoughts of fellow human beings. Iyaka wa dhan. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, Beware of dhan. The unfortunate reality of the time that we live in is that we have hundreds of excuses to explain our actions. But when it comes to anyone else, then we view people with skepticism, with cynicism. We are very judgmental and critical of everyone else. And therefore, one person made a dua and he said, Ya Allah, Grant me two eyes, one eye that focuses on my own faults and the other eye that sees the good in others. Arina mahasin nas. Ya Allah, make it such that you hide the faults of mankind away from me and make me from those who see the goodness in others. Ibn Sirin rahimahumullah says that if something has reached you, that someone has done some action, 
then immediately tell yourself that perhaps he has an excuse for that action. And this is a possible excuse. And if you can't think of excuse, then say that he certainly has an excuse. It's just that I cannot think of the excuse. It's my deficiency that I cannot think of excuse. And the reason why we say this is that in a hadith it is stated that on this night of Laylatul Bara'ah, amongst those who are not forgiven is the one who harbors malice in the heart, ill feelings. And it all starts with bad thoughts. It all starts with the cynicism, where we are cynical of others, we are critical, where we always, you know, when it comes to others, instead of having a, taking out a positive possible meaning to the action, we are always looking at it in the worst case. But when it comes to ourselves, then we have hundreds of excuses. In a hadith it is mentioned that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi on three consecutive days it said that the person coming through the door is a jannati. And Sayyidina Abdullah bin Amr bin As says that I went to him to pass time with him and I gave him a story that I had some sort of discord with my family. That's why I needed some place of refuge. He says, I spent the night with him and I noticed there was nothing special about his actions. And eventually it was almost like I was leaving him thinking, there's nothing to it. It's just normal, nothing extra. And when I asked him, he said that this is it. What you've seen, I perform the Fajr Salah, I go to sleep, I wake up and I perform the Fajr Salah. There's no lengthy tahajjud and zikr and tilawah all night. That is it. And Sayyidina Abdullah bin Amr bin Asis, I was about to leave. And then he said, wait, wait, come back. And then he said, the only thing I can tell you is that when I go to sleep in the evening, I clear my heart of ill feelings for anyone. My heart is totally clear. And I passed the night in that way. And Sayyidina Abdullah bin Amr bin As said, that is the quality that has separated you from everyone else. So we need to have good thoughts of Allah. And we need to have good thoughts of mankind. لَا تَذُنَّنَّ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ أَوْلَى بِالْجَمِيلِ وَلَا بِنَفْسِكَ خَيْرًا فَكَيْفَ بِظَالِمٍ جَانٍ جَهُولِ The poet says, that don't have evil thoughts of Allah because Allah has all beautiful attributes. Think of Him in a positive way. Think well of Allah. And don't have, don't consider yourself to be holier than thou. Don't think of yourself to be such a great person because you know well what are your deficiencies. You know your own deficiencies. Therefore, فَكَيْفَ بِنَفْسٍ ظَالِمٍ جَهُولٍ Every one of us know our own deficiencies. So on this night of Bara'ah, may Allah Rabbul Izzah give us the opportunity to rekindle our relationship and to strengthen it. May Allah inspire us to live by this great action of Husnul Dhanni Billah, having positive thoughts of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. May Allah grant us the ability to implement these five points that we spoke about when doing any good deed, have thoughts that it will be accepted by Allah. When making dua, make dua with conviction. At the time of difficulty, be optimistic that relief will come. When making tawbah, be hopeful that your tawbah will be accepted and leave this world in a state that you are hopeful of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In conclusion, as we said, that our minds are like a garden. And the thoughts that we 
Uh, the, the thoughts that we allow to linger in our mind are like seeds. Either it is that we are planting flowers or weeds. Uh, evil thoughts are like birds. They will pass by, but don't allow them to make a nest in your mind. When you allow that, that is the thoughts of despondency. That is the thoughts of depression. That is the thoughts of anxiety. May Allah Rabbul Izzah grant us husnul dhanni billah wa husnul dhanni bin nas wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.